This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Crash or boom. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this extended Real Vision Daily Briefing. With me today is Real Vision co-founder and CEO, Ralph Powell. Hey, Ralph. Hey, Maggie. How are you? We made it to Friday. Just... I've got you playing somewhere. I don't know okay. where you're. It, it is. This is this is an indication of uh, you probably have the platform open. <coughs> yeah, the new platform. Sorted. Sorry, my um, fault. That's okay. But it, uh, this is, I think, the kind of week everyone's having, right? Everyone's so busy, you can't even keep all the sort of windows that you have open on your computer straight. <laughs> oh, and you close the ones that you don't want to close. <laughs> exactly. So just a reminder to everyone, uh, this is an extended daily briefing. So the second half is going to be exclusively for members. So if you are not already part of our community, what are you waiting for? Hit the QR code and the links in the chat, jump on and take uh, advantage of the terrific offer we have going. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, and our new platform. Um, but let's let's dive in. So, Rao, we are at the end of our first week of this special series we've been running, uh, Crash or Boom, how to profit from where we're going. And if you look across the markets, it's been really interesting. Um, we, we've had a really choppy week. U.S. stocks have been up and down. Uh, it looks like they're you know selling off into the close here on Friday. Treasury yields creeping back up. Investors seem really nervous ahead of the Fed meeting next week. It's, it's actually the perfect time to have these conversations that we're having because people are really confused. Um, before we talk about it, here are a couple of highlights from some of the uh, interviews and dialogues that we've been having on the platform. Have a look. I think inflation will be more problematic than currently assumed uh, by central banks, because also because they're not at level of rates uh, that are restrictive yet. I just see an environment of less inflation stability. We just had that massive move down in inflation, in interest rates for 30 years or so. And the math is such that, you know, you're not going to repeat that in the, in the next 30 years. We are now in a peak cheap oil world where we're not running out of oil, but we're, the cheap stuff's gone. And so oil prices need to rise secularly on average over time uh, and as a result, that guarantees that dollar FX reserves will run out. And I think what we will continue to hear from the Fed and for that matter from the ECB is that they will disagree with, with, with the, 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 the discounting rate cuts next year and basically sending the signal that uh, 2024 we will, we will be on hold. Uh, uh, and, and, and so we need to see a lot more evidence of the recession and particularly the U.S. recession before you can, can embrace a more bond-friendly uh, environment and a, and a more normal cyclical bond rally. But the worst thing anybody can possibly do is to do what you did back in the first half of 07 and extrapolate the soft landing into the next stage of the business cycle, which is going to be a contraction. And we could argue that the lags are longer this time because of the fiscal stimulus. But we all know that the fiscal stimulus or the lags from that are going to term out by the end of this quarter. Right now, we're exactly at that spot where the 
Fed is having to issue debt and the markets don't like it. So bond yields have have, have um, completely disconnected from inflation, the business cycle and everything because there's too much debt being issued and there's not enough liquidity around. And if that continues for this 13 trillion, you're going to blow up the bond market. But of course they won't do that because what they will do is they are hoping that they can get inflation to undershoot as fast as possible, which I think is baked in the cake, as I showed earlier. Unemployment start rising, and then they can start monetizing the interest payments, and they can start cutting rates. Super interesting. That Just a little taste, and you can see there are so many different opinions about what's happening, different recommendations about the best course of action. But one, one thing that was consistent throughout and, and it's something you mentioned just at the end there, a lot of concern and frankly, confusion about the treasury bond market. It's been tough with bonds. It has been tough with bonds. And it's because bonds decoupled from the business cycle. I talked a bit about this in my presentation that kicked off the series is normally bond yields year on year rate of change follows the ISM, which has gone all the way down to 46 or so, which is normally a recession, but bond yields didn't do it. So that left the market split between two and three opinions. One is David Rosenberg's view, which is it's just delayed and it will follow suit and bond yields will fall. I was certainly in that camp. Then there's the other camp is, well, the bond market's telling you inflation's sticky, mm-hmm. although that's not really showing up in the in the um, in inflation forecast stuff. But that's that's what that side of the market. And then there's the other side that I've moved into the camp of and others have, which is that bond deals are currently being driven by the supply, the massive issuance that's going on, not only for the for the uh, deficit, but also to pay the interest on the debt. And with not much liquidity in the market, it's hard for the market to absorb it. So yields go higher, which I think is the main explainer of all of this. Yeah, which makes the timing really tricky. And the other thing that was really striking, well, there are two things. We talked about this um, in the Macro Insiders you just did with Julian, um, that a lot of people are trying to figure out the fiscal. So you never say what's different. Maybe nothing's different. Maybe it's just the lag. The fiscal, so that you've got the supply issue, but you have all this government spending in a way that you really haven't had for decades. And people knew it was there, but I think it was just, they just didn't build it in or wasn't accurately built in or they had a hard time getting a handle on it for the modeling because you don't know the, I guess, the timeline between when it actually hits between once they pass something. And that seemed to throw a lot of people off. A lot of people brought that up as a big thing they're watching. Yeah, and I think they're looking for reasons why certain things have happened. But if I look at the general relationships for all of the forward-looking economic data, all of the subcomponents of ISM, they all did normal stuff. Mm. They all did normal stuff. GDP growth hasn't yet come through, but everything that real-time monitors GDP showed a recession. So that's the only weirdness. So if there was extra spending, we would have not seen new orders go down as much. We would have not seen, but we saw all of that. It all priced in a recession. So I'm not entirely convinced that that is the story here. Oh, that's interesting. I'm kind of, I was interested to see what David Rosenberg said about the the 22-month lag. Now, what's happened in this cycle that's unusual to all other cycles, it happened like this, like super fast and super aggressive. Normally, it's kind of flatter. So it goes up and that kind of shape of 
you know, is this. But we've gone up. And what David said is it takes a while for the economy to actually register all of this stuff. And there's not enough time has gone through. So the speed has gone through, but the time hasn't gone through. And that made me stop and think about it and think, actually, that's an interesting perspective. Now, we could be wrong. And there's a big debate about soft landing, hard landing, delayed landing, you know, no landing, whatever. It reminds me, David Rosenberg said the same thing, and I knew David back then as well. It reminds me of 2000 and 2007. Mm -hmm. um, now, that gets into the other debate as well. Is the market going to crash then? And I'm like, my view is, my view is that we did it last year. You know, growth end of tech was down 75%, and now so it's down 35%. This is, you are very contrary in this based on what we've heard so far. We've got week two coming up, so there's still a lot of time. But I think you are... Uh, in, in not in the consensus, not that there is a consensus. I don't even think we can say that. But you think it's already been priced in? Yes, it was. Last year was a terrible year. It was the worst year in the history of the sixty forty portfolio. Um, everybody's wealth went down at every level. Liquidity massively tightened. The equity markets all went down. But people didn't get their Justice Warrior fifty percent crash. But they got some decent, you know, a decent move. And I said from the beginning of this, this is going to look more like nineteen ninety than it will do 2008. But everybody wanted their 2008 crash um, or their 2001 crash. And what they got was a 1990 recession, which was the market goes down 20%, 25%, um, and then moves on its way. And the economy goes through a mild recession and off we go. I still think that's still in play. You know, we still, you know, I showed in my talk at the beginning of the, of the whole series, how inflation is just acting exactly as it's done every single time. Yeah, everyone's imposing all these narratives on it. And it's basically going up and going down exactly the same way it did over the last five kind of major inflationary episodes. And even this kind of rebound in inflation we've had has happened almost in all examples. So I don't see anything different yet. So I just, and I, again, I could easily be wrong. But right now, outside of what happened to bond yields, which is explainable, Everything seems to be doing the same thing. The other thing I note, and Julian Brigden and myself were uh, talking about this, and you were on the call with us bickering about it, like two. Well, old you were men. accusing of being a boomer the whole time. I think that's right. <laughs> um, is okay. The bond market yields keep rising because of this issuance, and they know there's more issuance to come. But this year, bond yields have gone from three thirty to 430, 100 basis points, and the NASDAQ's up 42%. Why? Okay, so it's about liquidity and liquidity expectations that I think is happening. It's the reason why the dollar has gone up, which is basically a, a tightening of financial conditions, but gold doesn't collapse. So what are these things seeing to the future? And this plays into what Luke Groman was talking about, where him and I will differ on bond yields, I see the issuance of yields, and I've been talking about this, and he thinks it just escalates and gets out of control. My argument is see Japan for details. You do yield curve control. You know, Japan has always led the way. Now, if the bond market gets really bad, the Fed will stop it, and they'll do yield curve control, and then you can get what they want, which is financial repression, asset prices rise, and you, you know, you do that whole game, which was the 1950s game that has been my best case. So I don't see a world where that doesn't happen. What, they're going to let bond deals go to 7%? It's not going to let that happen. 
because then AT&T goes bust and the regional banks go bust. Yeah, I think that another difference maybe is um, how much monetary authorities can control this. I mean, there is a, I think the, the well, folks just, who think that- Just buy all the bonds, Maggie. Yeah. If you've got the biggest pockets in the world, which is the Federal Reserve, there's literally nothing anybody can do. No speculator, no foreign government can move bond yields past what the Fed can buy. And Japan has proven it. Japan now owns, what, the Bank of Japan now owns, what, 68% of the Japanese JGB market? They don't care. They just print money. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We have so many questions coming in. I see them. We're going to get to them, but we are going to get to them a little bit closer to that half hour turn. Um, so keep, keep them coming. We're, we're keeping track. So we're going to, we're going to continue on this because a lot of people are asking questions, but one of the things that we tried to do with this series, and I think we're talking about this right now is bring up a range of voices, right? Not just people who agree with you or agree with it, but, but really intentionally diverse set of voices, um, so that we can hear the real logic and they're in depth, right? So it's not a soundbite. We just showed the highlight, but the, the interviews are quite in depth um, so that you can really understand what they're thinking is. And some of them are live. Most of them are live. So you can ask questions in real time to really dig in on what they're thinking. Um, but Darren had a really interesting comment. So Darren Kay wrote, um, so on our uh, for those who aren't members on our platform, um, everyone writes in the comments section their feedback, their comments, their thoughts about the interview, trade ideas. They ask questions that we answer. And Darren Kay wrote, um, this is compelling. It's hard to figure out between your views and others making the opposite compelling arguments like Rosenberg um, and DiMartello Booth, who use sim similar logic like the coming student debt repayment and the ending finally of COVID business relief money and mortgage moratoriums for forecasting economic catastrophe. I guess you're saying that it's all priced in and will be the reasons that the Fed will eventually print again. Thank you for explaining it clearly. So the reason I wanted to highlight that is that when you hear these differing views, um, it can sometimes sound like noise if you don't have a context. I think this is why we organize the platform to take people on the journey. And you were really specific about this from information to knowledge, to wisdom. And I think this is a perfect example of that. And this series is an example of that. It really is because information comes at you fast. And it, for, for most people, it's overwhelming. And you start just attaching to one view because that feels like it's your view and it should be your view. And then you don't hear the other view. But if you watch what I do in The Journeyman, or in fact, any of my interviews, I don't care what their view is I in relation to mine. What I want to interview is somebody who I respect and get their opinion. Because that makes me understand the weaknesses in my own view or gives me confidence in my own view. 
I can even change my view. I learned new things. Like David Roseberg taught me something new. You know, other people have different perspectives and that's good. And so I'm passionate about this at Real Vision is that, it, is that ability, it, that journey from information to knowledge is the ability to put together divergent views and make them actionable to you for your views. And wisdom is how do you really put that into play? And that's the kind of levels that we have going through Real Vision. So level one is the essential tier. That's all the information coming at you. Then level two is, is a plus, which is the knowledge level. That's where education comes in to give you the, the, the more in-depth understanding to process these views. And level three is wisdom where the pros reside. That's pro macro, pro crypto, pro, pro all access that gives you a much deeper look into what's going on so you can really understand yourself and be part of that. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think you you pushed back on, uh, on uh, Julian at one point today and said like, okay, I understand what you're saying, but like, what's the trade? <laughs> How do you trade that? That's right. Because he was coming with a doom prophecy. <laughs> and when I was pushing him for like, okay, what does that mean? Is that the equity market's going down? And how, how do the Fed not print if that happened? You know, you need to push yeah. views around a bit to stress test them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that format with Julian in... Um, in Macro Insiders, Insider Talks, is fun for that because we've both been around a while and we'll just push each other a little bit further about, okay, well, you know, yes, fine, you think the world's going to end. What is the trade here? Am I just buying silver because I can stack under my bed or what is it? You know? yeah. And that's good. And that's, that's that understanding those bits are really where when you know you've got into the more kind of wisdom level of things. Yeah. Yeah, but and and it's a journey, right? You don't necessarily have to get there straight off the bat, but it's 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 sort of well, designed to help you. That's where you want to be headed. Well, don't forget, we've just created a huge hack for everybody. We've got AI now, so yes. you can go straight to knowledge, and it's built into the Real Vision platform. Well, it's going to get you there faster. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, it, well, it gives it's you amazing. confidence, so you can ask yeah. like. Um, the Luke Gromman interview, you can firstly get it to explain to you simply, like explain like I'm five, but then you can also dig in and ask questions about it. Yeah, and then you so, can look up terms. So to that point, Marty, so in, in the Luke, for, for those who haven't seen it, um, they throw around a lot of terms. So the other thing we'd love to do is peer-to-peer, -peer, right? And so you did some of these, um, you sat down with Juliet DeClerc, um, Andreas did it. We had Larry McDonald interview Luke Gromman. So these are two in many cases, professionals interviewing each other. Um, and so we do that so that we can get the most out of those and really have the other person push for the best information and challenge ideas. But Marty wrote in the comment section, a very good information with discussions that contain a lot of detail. I just wish I understood more than 10% of it. They both have a way of explaining things without using too much information, uh, where there was a lot of institutional finance language. Now they explained it well, but he's like, I got to go back and watch it. I wrote back to him in the comments, try the AI, use the AI if you have questions about something. Um, just quickly while I go over the questions and see what's happening, sh can you show us what that means? Can you show us how, how people can do that right yeah. now? Yeah. So I'm going to share my screen for the platform. So those of you who haven't got the platform yet, I promise you it's coming for you, but there's a thousand people or so who are already on the new platform. So here, here I am at the Knowledge Center, right? This is where we go for knowledge. So as opposed to now just being a video, it is transcript driven at the middle and there's the conversations bottom left. So I can converse with members, but then I can go through the video 
I can obviously highlight anything. But the magic comes is if I'm going through this and I'm like, well, I don't know what hard, hard assets are. So I just go and ask me a question about the video. I'm in the Real Vision bot now. So let's ask it a general question. Um, I like the dollar wrecking ball because you talked about the dollar wrecking ball. And for those um, okay. who are frequent I'll, viewers I'll on Real you. Vision, we talk about it all the time. But Brent Johnson, so ask, you know, but. So I'm asking it, what is the dollar wrecking ball? Let's see what it comes up with. By the way, Ralph is trolling us in the chat and saying we have a discussion on the exchange about a trade no one's talking about. I guess we should be talking about it, Ralph, but I don't know what the trade is. So I don't know why the AI is slow today. I hope I haven't reached my limit. <laughs> Wait, uh, I will do it while you're doing that. So we, yeah, we have a limit on it now because we are. Um, yeah, I think I've hit my limit. It's because you're too busy using it. I know. I use it all the time for everything. So does everybody else have it? All right. Well, I will try it when we're doing a question. Um, but yeah, for me, that's like, but, that, you know, that's I, a so big I, barrier. I that's a big like just summarizing what's going on. So I summarize the video. What's Luke's view on the bond market? So I, it'll answer that. What's his view on the dollar? It'll answer all of that. It'll answer, you know, any other questions. Yeah, I don't know why that's not working. I think, I think I've hit my limit. Okay. Well, I did it and it pulls up the explanation of um, the dollar wrecking ball. It gives you a very nice explanation of what that theory is, which is amazing because if you miss that part, then you're really missing the important stuff that Luke's talking about. And by the way, I know it's Friday. A lot of people are really busy. So if you hadn't had a chance to watch some of these, I hope we're giving you a pretty good idea of some of the juicy stuff in there. Um, and someone joked that maybe Luke may have lit on fire when he was <laughs> when he was giving his... Uh, his discussion um, because he was so passionate about it. We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's see, let's, let's get to one of these questions. So someone asking, are you, um, Rick asking, when are you looking to add to exponential age basket? Um, there's a lot of things on my list that I want to add. And I, I just think, let's see what September and October brings. They're volatile months and maybe it'll give us a nice entry to get in lower. Um, you know, maybe the, maybe we can get the NASDAQ below 15,000. Maybe we don't if we buy it on a breakup. So I'm just waiting to see. But um, I've got, you know, I'm pretty loaded with technology stuff. So um, I also would love to see liquidity rising. I mean, we've seen the um, liquidity index stable, slightly rising. Um, that's the Fed net liquidity. Our global liquidity index is roughly the same as well. Um, so once I see that, that's the next signal that things are going to start happening. So a bit of a macro shift, weaker economic data will be another one. Um, so... I'm kind of watching it, but you know we've got in at tremendously good levels, so we can just sit and wait it out for a bit. Uh, Juliet seemed like she was very much in wait and see mode when you talked to her. Did that surprise you? Um, I think a lot of people are in wait and see mode. I mean, if you remember with um, 
um, Julian Brigden as well. He was kind of in wait and see mode. And my conversation with Beth Kindig, Kindig that comes out next week, uh, the technology investor, she was in wait and see mode. So I think a lot of people are because things ran a lot. So the bulls saw that the markets run a lot and expect a bit of a you know unwinding of the overboughtness, um, which is what's been going over the last month or so. Uh, and the bears want to see their crash, um, which I don't think they're going to get. Mm. Um, Mr. Wright asking uh, on the YouTube chat, so it's a resource like Investopedia. I think it's a little bit more than that, the AI. Oh, the AI is a full AI model trained on finance that can answer any finance question in the world about any complexity as well. So it's a full chat GPT built on open AI. The, there's two bots. That's the finance AI. The um, content AI is trained on solely on the piece of content. So you can interact with a piece of content, ask it any questions about it. What does it mean? Summarize it for me. You know, make me bullet points. You then clip that, turn it into your notes section, all of this stuff. So it's really clever. Yeah, which I, that is the part I like. You can you can stick it so you yeah. don't just read it. You can stick it and, and yeah, have it show, there. I'm going to show that as well. Let me just bring my... Well, you're not going to be able to pull anything from it because you've tapped out of your... So uh, while we're on that, it's, so right now, because we're migrating people on, there are limits, but that, that will increase, I believe. Well, because right? AI is bloody expensive. But um, <laughs> um, so if I... I'm going to go to um, that video. Right, let me show you. Okay, just a reminder, if you are if you are not a member, when we get to the half hour, we're going to flip over. So come join us. We hope you do. Um, if we get to that point, though, have a great weekend. Check out these uh, great interviews. Some of them, I think, Raoul, are going to be on the YouTube channel. Most of them are on our platform, though. That's we'll right. be talking so, about them on the daily briefing. So <clears throat> here on the, on the platform now, I've got Larry's view on the dollar. Let's assume that's interesting, and I want to store it as a note. I just click the save response as a note. It now gives me this lovely thing. I go to my note section. And here my note section is that new note with the AI transcript that I've asked for. I can have summaries. I can write add, add extra notes. This is interesting. I can so start building is, a library of knowledge here. Right. And that's the part that, and, and, and a framework, right? So in the academy, we have a whole section on building your framework. And this is this is how you can begin to do that. Yeah, um, and don't forget, you can go through your academy now and take notes using the content AI and then store them in your own notes. So then you're reminding yourself, oh yeah, don't forget when I'm position sizing, this is what you know I learned about position sizing. So it becomes this superpower. This note taking is a real superpower for people because you can organize all your thoughts, all of your learnings, always in one place, everywhere you log into Real Vision has got everything you need to know that you've been working on or thinking about in finance. Um, you know, And we're going to introduce templates, stuff like trade ideas, which are a superpower as well. So the AI combination with these notes is really something special. So Trillionex asking, do you think the Fed will implement yield curve control? I actually don't think they'll do it this cycle. I think they'll do it next cycle. Um, I, I I think you know bond yields will eventually fall, and they won't need to do it from here. Is there another spurt higher possibly um, in in bond yields? But I think actually they won't need to do it this cycle. But I don't think they'll let this happen again because um, we saw this in the 1950s. We saw it in Japan. They just stopped tolerating bond yield rises in the end and just said 
and they come up with a story of why it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, you know, why inflation is always transient, blah, 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 because the idea is, as Russell Napier's talked about a few times, it's financial repression is the game. Um, mm -hmm. Financial repression is basically robbing you of your savings in a backhanded me method. Uh, so wanted to ask you about, uh, and w w we can break down financial repression as we go through next week as well, because that's coming up a lot. Um, or if you're already on the new platform, plug it in. Uh, business cycle was really interesting. David Rosenberg and I, I had a feeling your ears would perk up when he was talking about that, made a really impassioned case. Like, listen, the biz, everyone likes to say this time is different. And he was like, absolutely. The business cycle is not dead. It's a living, breathing organism. Uh, you know, it, it was really interesting to hear him talk about that. We just did a whole academy on the business cycle. You, Andreas, uh, Julian just did a whole, whole section on that. Yes. And the business cycle is not dead. The last time people said it was dead was 2000. I remember it super well. And David Rosenberg was one of the people at the time pounding the table saying the business cycle is not dead. Well, all the other investment bank analysts said the business cycle is dead. Yeah, and, and they called was, him a skunk at the picnic. Nobody wanted yeah, to have lunch I, with him. I remember it really well. And I remember it, him doing it in 2007. Now, it doesn't mean he's always right. He's wrong like the rest of us can be. And he uh, was, and he was, and he admitted it. He's been too early on bonds. He had yeah, the bond I screwed, call wrong. I screwed that one up as well, right? Yeah. Um, and it's because it decoupled from what normally happens at this point in the cycle. But has the cycle changed? Has the business cycle disappeared? Has has some magic formula of fiscal, which has always been around, right? This is old as the millennia, changed the structure of the economy where we don't get business cycles? I don't think so. But, you know, we've been through extraordinary times. Maybe something has changed. I just, my personal opinion is I don't believe it has. Uh, wow, somebody always asks about, it's funny how people get really fixated on on like a particular stock. Uh, what's this, Metap? Sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. Uh, Metap, Raul has said the liquidity will be up starting from October. Does he still agree or has he changed his mind? Uh, no, it's not specifically October, but it's Q4. I think we'll see liquidity rising. Uh, we're already seeing, don't forget, they've undertaken QT, but liquidity has actually gone up in the last couple of months. And that's been driven by the massive drain of the reverse repo. And then if you look at the other side of the equation, they've been um, lending money to banks in that new facility. And it's up to 118 billion. So there's plenty of stimulus going on in the background, monetary stimulus, but it's kind of offsetting the QT. Um, the moment they stop QT, well, then you were, we're straight into massive stimulus. So it can be anything here that does it. So is it October? Is it November? Is it December? It doesn't really matter to me, but I think it's likely. Um, one thing that came up, and, and we were wondering if this was the difference between people's opinions. We often talk about this when you, with you and Julian, a time frame. Your time frame is always a little bit longer. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not looking for the trade. I'm looking for the big theme that I can run for, if I can, years. And I've learned for me that that's the best time horizon for how I think. It doesn't apply to everybody. As Paul Tudor Jones said to me a long time ago, he's like, the, the best investors are the people whose idea horizon matches their trade time horizon. Yeah. You know, there's no point having a secular view on technology and trading it on a on a uh, two-week view there's no point you know 
You need to match those things. If you do that, you tend to do better. I find that the long-term time horizon for me is easier because I like to dumb it all down. I've learned to dumb everything down. And when you dumb it down, it's like, what is in a secular trend? Just buy that and hold it and then add it when it gets big sell-offs driven by the business cycle. That was such a breakthrough for me because you stop being the, the guy in the middle of that bell curve who's always endlessly fretting about the ups and downs of the market, what's going on. And you look back and you've made, you've done really well. You've sweated it day and night. You've made a 10% return. And the, 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 the idiot who just bought and hold made 50%. And you just go, oh, why didn't I think? And you fight it for so long. And then you realize that secular trends are your absolute friend. Um, I'm I'm laughing and looking uh, at the comments because everyone thinks it's hilarious that you have an AI limit um, and t- telling you to level up and stop buying such expensive wine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't believe it hit. I hit my limit live on air, but everyone's going to have to get through that frustration. That That's how it happens. Um, thankfully, I have not. Um, and I can't find the question because I, I have so many screens up right now, I, but I'll put your name to whoever asked this. But someone asked, can you, for you to explain inverted yield curve very simply? So while you were talking, I plugged it in to our site um, and got a fantastic, I, I tweaked it slightly, not what is it, but I said, why, what does it signify? So that's always the thing with AI, right? Because I think that's really why you're asking. Um, and it gave me a definition. Inverted yield curve occurs when shorter-term interest rates are higher than longer-term rates and explains what happens normally. When it inverts, it indicates that our investors are expecting economic growth to slow down in the future and are therefore demanding higher yields for shorter-term investments to compensate themselves for the perceived risk. God, I love this. And then there, And then it goes on a whole other paragraph. Uh, generally viewed as a signal of impending economic recession and explains to you historically why that is. Anything yeah, you want to add to that, Raoul? I mean, it's all, amazing. All information is there. You can just keep asking it more and more questions and it'll give you a better understanding. Um, it'll also, you can ask it, you know, how long does it usually precede the economy for? You know, there's never been an inversion like this without a recession in history, but apparently now it's never going to matter. And again, I've heard that every time the yield curve's inverted, is people say it doesn't matter. I mean, but you can ask the AI these questions, um, and it's it's super interesting because you're not ferreting around on on Google trying to look for something or find somebody. It just comes at you. I mean, I cook my um, not using um, our own one because it's not finance, but um, I cooked my dinner last night just by using ChatGPT. I'm like, you know, slow slow roast Mediterranean lamb. I posted the wine on Twitter that I had, and it gave me exactly step by step. Because I was like, what temperature do I need to do? Do I do I need to put it in um, some sort of liquid base to make it? It was just straight up. You don't need to go through Jamie Oliver's website and everything else and then figure out what's the best one. Just chat GPT. And that's what we've got on the platform. It's it's going to answer all of your questions on anything you want. You're going to win a lot of points. Now we know you cook dinner as well as have limits to AI. So you're human. You got a foot in the real world, Ra. We like this. Thank goodness. <laughs> of course I cook dinner. I love cooking. <laughs> All right, we're going to have to swap recipes. I do too. Um, so, uh, CHED, Chad, is asked, by the way, um, if we haven't already said goodbye, we're skipping over to the platform if we haven't already. So, if you can't join us, have a fantastic weekend. If you've already left, maybe you'll see this in replay. Have a fantastic weekend. <laughs>